Holy molded bread. Moldy bread. That was, I mean, that was just crazy. I'm yeah. enjoying this season of just getting shit done, getting shit done, whack, 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 just all kinds of just stuff just happening. Just all shit happened. And we're we're one left. One left, yo. I don't know what I'm going to do without my Mr. Robot fix, but it's finna kill me. We need to know what's going on. Uh, we are talking about Mr. Robot, episode nine, stage three, dot torrent. Getting all into that. Written by Kyle Bradstreet and Courtney Looney. Um, directed by Sam Ismail, of course. Edited by Roseanne Tan. And assistant editor. Let's get the assistant editor a shout out. Zachary Dem. And now I'm going to butcher the tech consultants. And I mentioned them just because they really do need a shout out. There's a lot of tech consultants um, on this show. And Cora Donna, of course, is one of our tech guys, also a co-producer. But Ryan is at Kazensian? 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 I am sorry, Ryan. I am sorry to your parents. I am sorry to your family that I butchered your name. Andre McGregor probably got that close enough. And then James either Ploof, which is a cool name because it is a lovely sound effect, or Plouffe and Plouffe. he's French. Yeah, yeah, and I'm an asshole. But anyway, either. those are your tech consultants. We just want to shout out to those guys because the hacks are always amazing, and that team is amazing. So in this episode, White Rose overplays her hand. Elliot and Robot uh, are coming for White Rose and Ecor. Lover assistant Grant is all kill, kill, die, die, snatching some power from his girlfriend. Darlene gets pinched by the FBI. Oh, no. And Angela has lost her damn mind, bedraggled in the streets, not combing her hair. And there are vans everywhere. It's just the story of vans. The whole series is the story of vans, if you think about it. The description says that Elliot trolls an old lady. I mean, I'm sorry, an old ally. Elliot now. <laughs> He's trolling. Angela is an old bag lady right now. So, so what I'm saying is that the description had said that Elliot trolls an old ally. So it, the, I took that to mean that he was trolling Tyrell, uh, and we'll get into uh, maybe why he was why he was trolling Tyrell. I, I have some questions about it. I'm not sure. I don't know. Um, the first scene we're in is all save 2012, and a really nervous Gideon is pitching. All save services to Price, Colby, and Wellick. And then we see a completely unblemished, wide-eyed, sweetheart, Angela Moss, walk in uh, to hand something to, um, to Gideon. And Colby's a dick to her. Fetch me some coffee. Get me a peach, some, you know, fetch me some coffee, hun. A little pinch of sweet and low. Yeah. Now, I know everybody's been sort of dancing around this. Come on now. Come on now. You are sticking to it. Angela is Price's daughter. Angela Price. He didn't look. Again, as I have said before, this man can purchase anything. If he wants companionship, I'm sure there are also women just vying for him. You know, they'll go for any old bedraggled man, as we see. We've got lots of examples of that in power, right? Um, oh, is there, is, is there an emergency in the streets? It's like the streets of San Francisco outside. Anyway, um, there there definitely is a connection between. You just don't. You're not seeing the daughter father thing. I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's possible. I mean, it's the only thing I can think of. But I mean, it's possible that it's like maybe maybe her, his mother is or her mother is somehow related to him, and is estranged from the family. So I that's mean, her uncle or it, something. It could be. Yeah, but there's there's he's a relative. Definitely a relative. I'm saying father, and I'll double down on that even later. Why I think the show is hitting something. They blood with this. kin. I think they're blood kin. I think that's his daughter. He's looking at her like meaningfully, 
and she's looking back at him. The show is like, see, see, see. She turns to go and get the coffee, and she turns back, and um, come on. That whole scene was about. That's fine. I can do it. And then, yeah, she's like, I'll go get the coffee. I'll let, you know, she's starting out in a career, and as women, we find out that, you know, it just gets worse. So we know that. This firm is rinky-dink. You know, we're not impressed by Allsafe. It it also filled in a gap for me watching this show that I always felt like Allsafe was over its head. And when we start in the pilot in season one, they keep getting hacked because they're not really – the firm only has one Elliot. And they have a few guys that are, you know, competent. But Allsafe were always in over their head. And Wellick says as much after this meeting as they're making their way back to Ecorp. He says, you know, we should do something internal we should can, have our own thing. Can we go back to just one thing about the whole theory about Price and, and his daughter? Uh-huh. Do you know how uh, White Rose says, you know, I've, I don't know why, you, why you're so in, you, you know, your pet project? Mm-hmm. Just going back as, as timeline, when do you think Angela actually, if she is his daughter, when do you think she actually knows that. Do you think she she's, she knows that already at at that very early scene? I don't know that she knows it in that very moment. But as we go through the story, I'm starting to I'm starting to connect these dots. Going because we're going to get to a scene later. I'm like, what? Because then it becomes very curious if you start looking, thinking back, it's, and going, dude. And that's what I was doing. I was tripping this entire yeah. episode. We can talk because like, that that is all over this episode. There's a lot of stuff, but this whole she's his daughter. Right? Although, also, can we talk about Colby is just fucking... He's a douchebag. Such a douchebag. The way, the way Price looks at him is like, the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Yeah, I, Colby must have some sort of connections we don't know about because he is vile. Uh, he's rude in the meeting, and then he's just... His graphic, like, is Colby frustrated? Dude, how many dick references can you make? Um, tits and dicks, and it's like he's four. So now we're over at Wellick's home. Wellick is, you know... He's finally coming home. His wife is dead. His baby's not there, and he cries all over the bassinet. I love Martin Wallstrom, but he is the Jesse Pinkman of Mr. Robot. I'm glad we didn't have to see his face while he cried. It was oh, sort of like silhouetted. He's such an emotional bitch. Um, but I love me some Tyrell. I love you, Tyrell. I hope you get. I hope that there's happiness waiting for you, but probably not. Uh, then we're at Elliot's apartment, and he's just snapped too from being Mr. Robot. And Robot is written in soap. Um, they own the FBI on the the brand new mirror he's put up, and that causes. So he 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 goes to his computer. Elliot does, and he sees that Robot he left it unlocked. So Robots are all in there, and he's reading Trenton uh, Trenton's email. And going back through all the history that Robot was right looking and at. He's reading like that Robot was looking at FBI Sentinel logs, uh, docs, which, by the way, Corridana says is a real thing. Everything on the, all the hacks are real, but he said he was actually really paranoid about hacking what Darling calls the Fort Knox of closed networks because this is where the FBI keeps their evidence. And they have Romero's keystrokers, uh, keystrokers. Is it keystrokes loggers? Keystroke loggers. Loggers, yeah, I remember that. And and they can't access it without Romero's password. Um, that's the big. That's the big. Like nobody has that yet. Darling would probably figure it out. She could, uh, uh, you know, could probably work it through. I don't know if the FBI is clever enough to do that. 
but they are in possession of it, right? And then he's reading about Wellick, who's now a hero. He escaped the Dark Army. He was trying to warn about the 71 facilities hack and blah, 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 but he knows differently. Also, we know that Robot was cut out of the plan, so he knows he's got to go pay a visit to, or he's paid the visit to. I'm sorry. Here's what the, here's what Roseanne Tan did with this episode and what the show does. They do something new almost every episode, and I don't think they're trying to be cute. I think they're just telling the story in all kinds of ways. And one of the things that she does is that we're doing this loop. So we start at a place where this is the day after Robot has gone to see Terrell. Because Really, after this moment, when Elliot catches up with what Robot was up to, he goes and meets with Darlene at the S Society Arcade, right? But the next scene that we go to is that night, what happened. So, Wellick's at home, and Robot's already in his house, and he's like, who the hell are, why, get out of my house. And Robot's basically telling him, you're their bitch, you're their lap dog. Man, that 71 Buildings thing, that's, he's annoyed because he wasn't consulted, and Terrell is saying, you know, I needed to do what I needed to do to get my freedom. And he's like, you don't have any freedom. They fucking own you. You're a puppet. And Terrell is like, no puppet, no puppet. You're the puppet. I love the way Martin actually reads that line. It's just weird. But it's also, again, uh, Sam Ismail shitting on Trump. Yeah, that, exactly. That's like, I'm, I'm, no, you're, I'm not the puppet. You're the puppet. It's so yeah. funny, this puppet stuff. So it. I feel like this is the the trolling part the description was talking about, that why does Robot need to even interact with Terrell anymore? What, what's that relationship mean to him? And, again, I might be forced for the treasing it again, as I do, but he, he's trying to get him worked up and get him to see that he's been played, right? And then he brings up Joanna. He just starts digging in. He digs at him and Terrell puts on his gloves. Again, I don't know what the glove thing is about. I don't know why. He just he's, he's a clean freak about his nails. I don't know. But he puts on his gloves after Robot calls him a little bitch. That, that Joanna would have called him a little bitch. And he punches Robot, who's really totally cool with just getting hit. Uh, he's like, yeah, fight. That's the Terrell we've been missing. And, you know, he, he tries to get up. He's not really fighting back. And uh, Terrell is straddling him about to punch him. I think the show is very well, uh, very well aware of the Tyrellian stuff that's out there. Um, What's, what do you, what is it called? Tyrellian. Tyrellian. Fans are just completely certain, a huge portion of the fandom out there that Tyrell and robot have gotten it on, that they are a thing. They're going to be a thing. They have been a thing. You know, what happened in them three nights? I don't know. Um, I don't have a dog in that fight. Either way is fine with me. But this did seem like the show is shouting out to, you know, that. Because he said, you know, something about chokehold unless you're into that kind of thing. And I'm like, is this is this the Tyrell Elliott foreplay? Is, or is this Sam Ismail just winking to it? He's never going to give you anything straight on the platter. Like, he didn't give us Angela and Elliot as a romantic couple so um i think the show is just sort of winking at that and also something that's weird about the show furthering the joke price comes to the price rings uh wellick's doorbell wellick is like what and he's like oh mr price and he looks down at elliot am i interrupting 
So I feel like the show was winking at this Tyrellian thing, the way Christopher, Michael Christopher, uh, delivered that line as Price. I'm like, come on. Oh. But before I could process that, I'm like, Price, he says, hey, Mr. Alderson, and he's, you know, whatever. And I'm like, wait a minute. Whoa, wait, Price knows who Elliot is? Yeah, and that was that, that goes to the thing. It's like. How he knows that. How, how do you know mm-hmm. that? I mean, there's, there, there's, there's ways of, I mean, there's ways of. Of um, he knows him through the hack. Yeah, that's the thing. He knows him through the hack. But does he know? Again, let's go back to the Angela thing. What does Angela know? Like we're worried about what Robot and Elliot know. Did Angela knows about the hack? She's in on the big hack. Did she tell her daddy what was coming? Did he allow it to happen as he tells Elliot? Well, exactly. He was like, "This never; these things don't happen." Unless I got men a heads like, up. Yeah, like me allow this to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, maybe who knows? Did Angela start telling her father this stuff? You know, prior to five nine, or as it was coming off, you know, fem to sell days. And when five nine happened, he he was like five nine. I mean, I get it. I understand that move. Oh yeah. yeah. Or maybe he that he tells White Rose that. Yeah. They're sitting there. I understood that move. That right. that was, you know, I saw that coming. Right. So it's like, how much of this do you know? Right. And he said, you know, there's, there's the rabbit trail, there's the bits and pieces. But again, I think that a, the person who's helping him understand what happened um, would have been Angela. In some form or fashion. Maybe, Maybe. I'm being naive about that. But... Because White, is, White, is White Rose informing him of this? No, she's not calling him up and saying, I'm hacking you. Or they are talking about the Washington Township plant. Who knows in, who's in cahoots? But certainly when we see them at Mar-a-Lago, you see that White Rose and, um, and, and um, Price are not friends at all. They're mortal enemies. Yeah. Um, but they're still, some, they're still sitting in the same room, the same bar. It's like it's just really weird. Yeah, you know, to think just, of mortal enemies just having a—that's kind of how it is, though. Yeah, that's 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 your that's I mean, your the, modern day warfare. I think it's always been that way. You know, these well, people yeah. play act on on television as though they're enemies, but they're always you know, hugged up behind the scenes. Isn't that how it works? It's not Ragnar just storming into the whatever and <laughs> right. killing everyone. It's, like, it's theater, you yeah. know, and I think the show's like recognizing that. So next, we're in the F, F Society arcade, and we have this. Um, you know the old stomping ga- grounds, like we're we're coming full circle, full circle. I can't talk today for some reason. I don't know what it is. Um, full circle. We're going back to where we started uh, in the pilot. The gang's all there. The, the original crew, and and it's sad to be back in this place for me. Uh, Romero's gone. Trenton and Mobley. Gone. Yeah. yeah, and it's uh, it's 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 fucked up. You know. There were a few other hackers, by the way, in F Society that we saw in the background in the pilot. So I'm like. And we, we know there was like 40, 50, 60 hackers in part of that group. I've always wanted to talk about that. Like when, they're, when they took over Susan Jacobs' house, that was a whole like army of hackers. Yeah, that was a, that was, it, it grew to that huge. So how much did those people know? I don't know. I now, think... How were they able to maintain this secret? Did the core group just know what they knew and these guys just thought that they were pulling off pranks? Well, I think it was like – remember that first time they, they... – when they when uh, Dom brought in um, uh, um, Darlene, she was like, "Didn't she say like we got all these other guys and they 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 all said you were the the leader of this?" And she's like, huh, I'm, "I'm not a leader. leader. I can't even keep a man." But even Darlene just thought that the 
the FBI hack was about the femtocell thing and the Berenstein thing. She didn't actually understand that what they were doing was setting this hack up to be like the the shit. Yeah, the the yeah. the thing that um, and it was Tyrell, the one who who built it, right out in the woods. Yeah, with his beard. How these things are all so connected is just oh man. Well, see, um, this is the cool thing about it is that it's playing into the timeline aspect of it without getting science fictiony. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think is ever going to happen. You know? I think we're going to get um, we're going to get an explanation. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're Darlene and Elliot are talking about the fact that they need to get access to Romero's keystroke loggers. Right? They're sitting in an FBI um, lockdown Sentinel, and they have to physically go there. That's not something you can remotely hack. So he's like, "I'm going to go in," and she's like, "No, I got an angle." That she's going to try. And she's like, what's the point of even doing this? You know, the world's gone to shit. And he's like, you know what? we got to do something. we got to rebuild. So he's in this place where he's like, this is fucked up. But we at least have to try. And I like that he's hopeful. I like that he's, you know, can't let the world just exist this way. He's seeing that, you know, you can't pull off a revolution. I've, I can at least try to, to, to repair this in some way. I don't think he's going to undo shit. I think he's just going to make it less horrible in some way. And then she's like, you think the Dark Army's going to sit around painting their toenails, you know, and letting you undo everything that they've done. And he's like, you let me worry about the Dark Army. So we know he's got something up his sleeve. Next, we're with Irving test driving uh, a car with a customer. And this is where we totally get, it totally just tells us that these are stolen cars. Or, because it's a stolen car. Because first of all, he's bartering for a tag hewer. She's like her ex-husband's watch for the car. And then... Elliot pulls the OnStar hack that he saw Irving pull off, and he's like, the cops will be here in a few minutes. Well, if it's, if it's, it's Irving's car to sell, why would Elliot call the cops on him? Oh, do you know what? I didn't Because it's a stolen car, yo. I didn't even catch that. Absolutely. I mean, I was like, first of all, I'm like, well, we, we live in a borrowing society. Everybody's trading things now, yeah. goods and services. Um, but this is even perfect for a car thief because you're not, there's no money transaction. Is a tag cure watch that expensive to, to trade off with like a Ford Escape or whatever it is? I mean, look, if you didn't pay anything for the car, what the fuck do you care? I guess so. Maybe you just want a tag cure watch. I don't know. But again, it's like, I thought that was pretty funny. And then Elliot, because Elliot studied that OnStar hack because he was in the backseat when, um, you know, when Irving gave him this hack. Maybe he knew it already, but he puts the tape over the speakers in the car, I guess. He didn't do a very good job of it because I still saw some slats exposed. Maybe, I don't know, whatever. But um, the purpose of this is for Elliot to track down Irving and say, I need you to set up a, rose with, uh, a meeting with White Rose. And I love how Irving's like, what the fuck is stage three, you know? And he's like, you know, if you don't do this, do you want to be responsible for fucking with the timeline? Like, Going, oh, there's a stage three that I need to know about, and I need to go and set this up immediately. And, you know, she's about her timing thing. So he's socially engineering Irving in a way that Irving was not expecting. And Irving does see things coming. And, again, he doesn't know that Elliot is this split personality guy. So I thought that was interesting that the show is showing you that Elliot is – 
He's got the upper hand on Irving in this one. Is he is Elliot Elliot or is Elliot Robot at this? You scene? know what? We'll never be able to tell that probably for the rest of the the series. Could be, could not be. Well, the, I mean, we're talking about. It. I think at this point that we're seeing them as kind of as as are they merging as merged. I mean, I want to believe that they're merging. I don't think they're merged because why is Robot writing messages on the mirror? Oh, uh, that's true. Um, but I know that Elliot did leave his computer unlocked so that Robot could get in there and needed to send Robot over there to talk to Terrell because they have that relationship. Would Terrell know that he's Elliot? You know what I'm saying? There's like a – There's the, a method to this madness. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a forcefulness and a, a, a directness to Elliot. Yeah. That I only you only I only noticed when he was robot. Yeah, you know the only time that he was probably really direct and kind of rude is when he was dealing with Muhammad. And I always and I've been wondering about that episode whether he was merged that day as well. Yeah, because robot didn't show up in the entire episode. Yeah. Robot didn't try to stop him. That's for fucking sure from killing himself. Okay, hmm. well let's talk about this episode in the bar. Darlene allures Dom for a drink. And what her purpose is, is to scan Dom's, uh, it's called a PKI badge. It's like what they used in the, to get into the um, Steel Mountain. Yeah, and it's, and that's what's needed to access Sentinel. And so she's got a scanner. Hackers will tell you what that scanner is. I don't know what it is. I just know that when she goes to the bathroom to check to see if she's grabbed the badge number, it doesn't work. So then she tries the social engineering hack, which is to take off her her flannel and to come out in her sexy clothes and to play up to uh dom's uh dom's uh lacking the ladies which is cool i guess i don't know very manipulative of you, of you darlene so now we're at elliot's uh stoop he's coming home and angela is fucking bonkers she is cray 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 man and she shows him an article, a uh, newspaper article, Tyrell has been made CTO. And she's like, see, things are going to back to the way they should be. And Elliot, this is Elliot's turn to look at someone else like they're cuckoo bonkers batshit. And he's like, I need you to tell me what you think is happening so I can help you. He's used to people saying this to him. Think you need to, ex- just, can you explain to me what you think is, is, is going down? And she's like, oh, only White Rose can tell you that. And he's kind of giving her that look like, um, he's like, I think she's manipulated you. He knows yeah. she's manipulated you and she's using you. And she's like, you don't, don't you want our parents to come back? And he's just very carefully talking to her like, hey, dude, you know our parents are never coming back. That is never going to happen. And she's a black van pulls up behind him. We'll go into the, all the van spottings. And just this episode alone, the entire series, I'm sure somebody has laid out the van spotting. Um, with this black van, that the curfew shuttle rolls up behind them. And she's like, we can't talk here. So they go into our apartment. Uh, they go into Elliot's apartment. So now we're back at the bar. Bars, uh, darling, I, I swear to God, I can't talk today, everyone. I am not drunk. I am just having one of those days. So, uh, sorry about that. So, darling is flirting up a storm with Dom. She fake apologizes. She pulls the fake exit attempt. And then she just pretends to be Dom's wingman and picking up a lady. And this is the social hack that works for Darlene because she knows that Dom is not good at this thing. She knows that she is socially awkward, and 
she's probably picked up very quickly that she's a kindred spirit, that they're both alone. They're both pretty damaged for all the various reasons. You know, Dom was there when Darlene lost her boyfriend, for fuck's sake. So I think this is kind of a moment that I believe because it's part of me is like Dom is such a a great cop, you know. She's a really good FBI agent. And she catches her off guard. Again, a lot of the, the elders, the Alderson kids are like really good at catching you off guard and finding your bug and exploiting the hell out of it. And they're really good at this. Yeah, that's where I, I kind of see this as a, um, I see Dom is, I don't see, I don't think she's off being caught off guard. You don't think so? No, I think she is, she is so on this and she knows that. She is. She has no move to make, and she's getting stonewalled at work. So you think she's allowing Darlene to pick she's her up? She's playing into that because she needs to find out how can I get more information from her. I will – okay, I will – let's go in that direction for a second. That would be very cool, and I would love Dom even more um, for seeing it coming. Um, is that a little too cute? Is that cool? I don't know. I mean, I like, I like it either way, and then I'm also kind of, eh. But you're right. She does, what does she do in that scene? She does something that makes me feel like that's cool. I guess it's when, like, Darlene is like, I, I can't testify. She gives her a huge piece of information. She says, you were right. White Rose was in on it the entire time. Like, this thing, she's just proved your theory. She's just handed it to you and said, there was a middleman. I can't put her in the room. And then she's like, you got to testify. you got to testify. But then Darlene drops it and says, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And Dom kind of just like lets that drop. I feel like she's a dog with a bone, and she wouldn't let it drop unless, of course, she was allowing Darlene to pick her up and to set I her up. I totally – that's what I believe. That's I, what you think. I think it's – you know, they're bo- they both know – that. I think they both know that they're playing each other. Really? I think they both know that they're trying to um, see what the next move is because both of them are stuck. Darlene has nowhere to go. She's stuck. Dom, she's stuck. And they, I think they both think know that they need each other to find some type of resolution because what happens later on in the show. Yeah, but I think that – see, I don't think that's happening right here. But, you know, I think it's about to happen, but I don't think it's happening here. I think Dom actually falls for it. I think she actually gets conned by Darlene. She's batting her eyelashes at She's her. super cop. I don't know. I mean, I, I love her. I love Dom. I, I, I think she is a super cop. Okay, so Elliot's apartment. Leon is back. We got to love Leon, even though he is just a killer. Um, I love that Eli, we see Leon sitting on Elliot's couch. And he's like, sup, cuz. And he apologizes for interrupting Elliot's flow. <laughs> like how he says, I didn't know you had a female caller. And Angela, of course, is cuckoo batshit, right? So she's like, who's he? And this is why you're asking about our plan. And were you listening? Did you hear me? And she's getting all confrontational. And Leon just sitting there doesn't doesn't even move. You know, he's like, I've just been sitting here smoking these trees, girl. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But Elliot, it's all over his face like, oh, no, 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 no. Do not be this way in front of this guy. Do not saw this dude off about what, six, eight neo-Nazis in prison? No, 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 no. And she's getting, you know, up in Leon's grill. <laughs> Leon's like, dude, your girl's tripping. And she's like, 
turns it on Elliot like, that's why you're trying to get information out of me. Yeah, you're the one who's trying to stop all this from happening. Okay, okay, I see. And he's like, you got to leave. And Leon's like, she got to go, dude. And he gets her out of there, thank God. She's like, oh, I'm leaving. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, she, she, this is where one, when I, saw, I realized that she had, she's totally lost her rocker, off her rocker. I think, you know, I, she is. She is you know, something. She's so paranoid. Something snapped. Yeah. Oh, but we're going to get even more to that. We're going to delve into that a little bit later. So Wellick's house, um, Price shows up. It's an unusual meeting for me. He could have told this to him in the office. He could have said this to him anywhere. He could have called him but price shows up personally to wellick's house to tell him hey you're a cto and i love how martin plays this entire scene terrell goes from being like oh my god it's the thing he's always it almost makes up for the fact that my wife is dead and my my baby is not here and he lightens uh, lights up and he's all like oh this is great and he said oh but you're just going to be a mere figurehead i i inherited from a deal gone wrong so obedience will be your only task. So if you try to get like on your hind legs and think that you're gonna like go any higher than this, and you get some loftier goals, you just need to like check yourself. And then Wellick says to Price, you know that you're out of moves, and you need me because I'm a hero and I make you look better, and I'm gonna put a new face on this. And he's like, Oh, Wellick, Wellick, it's not that I'm out of moves; it's that you're not worth one. And then you see Elliot wince at like, oh, like, oh. shit, dude. <laughs> but I also know that Elliot, we see him use this as an opportunity to further yeah. get Terrell to to work with him. Again, I don't know why he needs him, but I guess he's our inside man. He's sitting inside the building. He's still valuable in that way. But everybody knows they're hackers, so you know what I mean? Um and then that's when we find out more about that Price knew about 5-9. And he's belittles Tyrell again, blah, blah, blah. And then he tears into Elliot a little bit like, you're a lone wolf. You think that this is all you. You keep saying I, I, I. And he's like, "We're the hacks like this happen because men like me allow it. And Robot just keeps going, I, I'm the architect. I push the button, you know. I'm a leader. And he's like, well, then where are your followers? And he says to him, you can't force an agenda, Mr. Alderson. You have to inspire one. Which I think is is very true. But this price meeting truly serves a purpose in that it gets, it gets robot in war mode. Now he's going to have to pull out a hack that no one's going to see coming. He's got to do something that. That's just going to take everyone by surprise. It has to be. Because, again, everybody knows who you are. Everybody knows what you were behind. Everybody knows about the 7-1 hacks. Everybody knows. So if everybody knows, how do you come at someone? Where's your surprise element? Yeah. This was, I mean, this this conversation, again, made me start to think, how how much does... Um, does Price know, and how, for how long did he know it? It just... Yeah, I don't know. It just threw me for another. I did when he saw him down the floor. I was like, loop. "Oh, Mr. Yeah. Alderson!" I'm like, "What?" It was just yeah. I was like, "Oh man!" He just opened. Now I'm going to be sitting up thinking about all this. It's so strange because it was weird seeing Christian Slater 
interact with all these different characters this season. It's just jarring to see him in the same room with Angela, in the same room with Darlene, in the same room with... Well, we saw him interact with Darlene before. Yeah. But, like, to see him interact the way he has and to see him hanging out with Wellick and now Price, because it's not even Rami's version, of, you know, it's Mr. Robot. And you're like, this is so fucking weird. Yeah. And because we were throwing in, you know, like... The conversation with White Rose and Price when it was like, I got rid of your predecessor and I installed you. It's right. Like, you already know I'm in charge of this. Right. And so the whole concept of Price being this, you know, actually uh, on the same level as White Rose is just – it's like how does he now fall into – is he well, just it, now a puppet of – he is a puppet of something, but I mean how much does he know? It's just it just – a little weird. But but then I got to thinking, okay, so why does Price show up at Wellick's house? Does he, in fact, know that Robot's there? Is there surveillance on the house? I'm thinking maybe so. Price, I think so. Again, because he could have called him, could have done this in the office. This guy owns the – he owns the building. He can he could have cursed him out in the middle of, like, the snack room or whatever the fuck, you know? Why did he care about doing him a courtesy and out of respect? He doesn't respect Wellick. I think Price is doing his own trolling. I think he showed up. He knew those two guys were going to be together. I think – he, he counted on it. Yeah. Because he's tracking, like I said, there's surveillance on this whole thing. Like he knows, he, now, now we know he knows all these players. Mm-hmm. I think he's got people tracking all of them. Sure. And Just I, like White Rose has people tracking all of them. So the purpose of Price showing up and insulting the fuck out of Wellick and insulting the fuck out of Elliot is that they're about to do exactly what he wants them to do. Or he's playing his game, his, making his move, and. Is his move a good move? Is he no? I think, he, I think he wants them to come after him and White Rose. Because what it seems to be going on between White, White Rose and Price is they don't care. Because he said before, even if I lose, even if I lose, remember the Umbrella Rain conversation? Mm-hmm. I get to take you down. And White Rose, her whole focus is the Congo and the Hadron Collider Flux Capacitor. Um, and getting something out of this time situation. But but I think he like knew that if he shows up and he insults these two guys, he's going to motivate them to do something. So they're they're just, the atom bomb. They're just, move, he, they're just moving their, their pawns around then. Right. Essentially. That's all it is. And maybe Robot is aware. Maybe he's not aware. But I think, you know, he, you know, Robot is not God. He may turn around and go, holy crap. Speaking of gods, I love that whole back and forth where they're like, you know, we were supposed to be God. He's like, he was like, your conspiracies, uh, your conspiracies are childish bullshit. And he's like, dude, come what on. What the fuck is wrong with you? He said, we were going to be gods together. Come on. Who's, who's childish? Yeah. Um, so that's where I think about that. So we're in Dom's apartment. Darlene seduces Dom, which again, this is so trippy for me to see these two get together. Um, but it was also very delightful. I, I, I was, I was really digging it. Um, Dom reminds me of uh, Bonnie Raitt here, by the way. She was just, I was like, Bonnie Raitt in the seventies. It was just freaking me out. And they were playing John Prine. John Prine is saying Angel from Montgomery with Bonnie Raitt. I don't know. Just distracting, but kind of cool. But she puts her gun and her badge in the safe. And you can see that we've learned, I've learned a little bit about hacking on this show. Again, I can barely unlock my phone sometimes, but, um, Darlene listens for the code, so you can tell she's listening probably to the pitch. Uh, it's one of those ways that people learn how to hack into things. So she knows that she can hit a few numbers. She doesn't have to try every combination. Um, and we're going to get into how, how that plays into your theory later, which I think you might be onto something. 
And then at Angela's apartment, now, okay, I'm tripping on something. In the last episode, when Elliot goes over to her apartment, I thought that the colors in the hallway and the colors in her apartment were figuratively, and that she's locked herself away. And I thought the show is doing this, this huge metaphor for these things. Nope. Bitch has got like 20,000 locks on her door, done painted the walls black. She got the hanging their uh, cat poster on the wall from the room where she was taken to hang out with White Rose. She's got her version of the fish, QWERTY. She's got pictures of people with their faces blotted out. Um, she's stockpiling food and water. Well, it's not just food and water. We'll get to this, but what is the significance of just scrambled eggs and toast, maybe? Different kinds of loaves of bread. I don't know. I have a theory. We'll talk about it later. She's got an orange phone and a red phone. Now let's just throw an orange phone in here, guys. Why not? She's got many copies of Lolita. Again, these are things we saw in the room. What did White Rose do to that girl? What did she tell her? Because this is not just believing something. As soon as she left White Rose, she goes to her lawyer's house, and she's all like, hey... In a daze, and she's been that way ever since. I hope. I hope the. I hope the story. The the writers. I hope Sam Ismail th- feels that it's important for us to know what White Rose told her. Well, I one of the things that I read um, about Portia. They, they, there's an article about her that came out this week. That's pretty good. Uh, pretty good writing on her, and she is saying that when she started reading about her going cuckoo batshit, she was like, oh, they're going to hate her. She's turned on her friend. Now she's like crazy bag lady, and this is not cool. And Ismail's like, you have to trust me. He gave her most of the information of why she's acting this way. But she said when she heard it, she was like, okay. And it did scare her because she had to play this character. So we've all been struggling with Angela probably since midway through season one for me, but certainly season two. I was like, what is her deal? Who is she? Why does she seem all over the place? I'm very confused by who she is. And this season, I think if I hadn't have just really started like thinking about this character, I would have been in that place where Doubleday was fearing fans would go, which is like, what the fuck is up with Angela? Please get her off the show. But I've loved her this, uh, this season because she's, she's really committed to what she's supposed to be doing. So, so we are going to get the motivation, a clear answer to I that. I think we are. Maybe not in the season finale, but I think we'll start to see. He's definitely going to tell us before the season's over, before the series is over. Yeah. Uh, we might not get that answer, you know, next week. It's, it's so uh, good. It, I don't want it to be like, you know, a, a thing that we theorize, like the straight bullet with Romero and is it Dark Army and this and that. Oh, I think it's definitely Dark Army. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. But it's like I want a clear cut. What you did, want an answer? I want to know what made I her go. I think the show will do that, and I think it's just again you have to be slow boil. I think by the time he's going to do like a next, at least a season, if not two more seasons. But one of the things that that Double Day talked about was that she's brainwashed herself with these affirmations, like le- even leading up to White Rose. Now, why is she doing that? I don't know. Maybe that's because you know she's found out who her daddy is. Maybe she's trying to. Maybe this is her way of stealing herself up to go after uh, Evil Corp because she knows it's a big task, and she uses all those affirmations to 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 calm herself, to center herself because all, she doesn't have. A sister or a sibling that's going to hack. She's got herself. 
And, you know, Darlene and, and uh, Elliot are over here doing all their shit. And I think the affirmations were her way of, like, getting herself in the zone, right? Um, but I think it also primed her for being a target of White Rose and being programmable, I feel like. That's just me. So she's talking to Cordy. We have to get moving. We're not safe here. I have to warn her. She has to know what they heard. So she's talking about, like, Elliot and Leon um, – Obviously, are trying. You know, Elliot's trying to thwart her. Um, they overheard my conversation. I got to go warn White Rose, and so she is, you know, running around the apartment getting her uh, crazy uh, red-handled pushcart ready to go to the streets. And she gets a phone call from Dad. Now we've seen her father. We've seen that they have been estranged. We know that Don Moss exists. He's not a figment of anyone's imagination. But I think that the dad that's called her five times is Price. Moe's death. Okay? That's dad. Who's worried about her? I'm not saying her real dad doesn't call her. And maybe his number is real dad on her phone. Or he's fake dad and this is real dad. But I think this is Price. Hmm. I'm going with it. You're going with it. I may be out here on my own. She throws the phone in a pan of water because, I don't know, again, I guess she didn't get that waterproof uh, eight. Well, they didn't have the eight in 2015. Whatever they had, she killed that phone. She did the same thing to Ollie's phone, remember? Yeah, that's right. In the bar. She's all about that liquid. Um, Then we got the meeting. So Leon takes uh, Elliot to meet White Rose. I guess Leon doesn't... uh, he doesn't fuck with steps because he don't even he don't even go on up there, and he hands him off to Doctor Wang. By the way, did you know who Doctor Wang is? It's Clem Chung from Master of None and so many other things. But he was in Master of None. I loved him in that. Uh, and he Elliot meets up with lover assistant Grant instead. I love this guy on Instagram and on Twitter. I love him, Grant Chang. He is awesome. Um, and so Elliot is like, hey, I got the stage three, and there's there's lover assistant with the two dark army dudes in the mask. And he hands over his computer, you know, and he's like, I need to show you my files. And he says, I got the stage three thing. We're going to target ecoin, right? That's what's propping these guys up. We need to, like, unprop them, and we're going to target that. And pretty much lover assistant says – well, that's that's all well and good, but we did destroy them, and we don't need to do this. And um, and the Dark Army guy has Elliot's laptop, and he puts his thumb drive in there. And I guess, you know, puts their malware in Elliot's machine and grabs all the information they need or whatever. I don't know all the hackery stuff, but they did this. Now, what is really weird about this scene to me, and it bugs me, and again, SML's definitely got an explanation, but... Grant is already on to Elliot. He's just shutting him down. I think he's taking this meeting out of curiosity. He's also taking this meeting so he can just openly hack Elliot. You think he's already he's already made up that decision? He that, has already made up the decision that he's going to be persuasive to White Rose. That he needs to get got? He said he needs to get got and he needs to get gone. And But Elliot hands him a laptop. It's not It's not Elliot's laptop. He just went out and got a laptop. And he put his malware on it. And then the Dark Army, when they thought they were putting their malware and grabbed his stuff, whatever they put on that thumb drive is his malware, which is going to fuck the shit up. Because his malware is better than their malware. Right? So what I'm saying is 
why would he literally why is Grant handing the Dark Army to Elliot? It's one of those things that, like, if I was writing the series, I would do because I'm not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not all twisty turny like Ismail is. Well, this is not my style. I write other stuff, but like, I don't. It just seems like a very network show kind of move, and not this show's move. But I think there might be something more to it. Okay, so now we're on the street, and Angela's out in her old bag lady outfit. And she's got her nut job red push car with full full of her Lolita books and her she's got she bought both phones, the orange and the red one. She got the cat poster rolled up. She got her fluffy white robe for, I don't know, curling up at night. And she's got QWERTY. Poor QWERTY. QWERTY has gone from Shayla to Elliot's place. Now he's with we thought, oh, at least he's going to like Angela's house. She's she's got regular hours. No. No. Everybody's the pets on Mr. Robot. Just are having a hard time. Um, and she walks upon a guy on the street who's, who's our callback to Cisco. And he's like, yo, 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 with his CDs. And she looks at him like, I will not take your CD this time. <laughs> um, and then a white van rolls up. And these two dudes get out. Two white dudes. Miss Moss going to need you to come with us. And she's like, Cray Cray Angie is all like, we're ready. And now people are positing that does she have an imaginary friend now? Is she talking about QWERTY? Is, is her imaginary friend her mom? Because we do know that she, she picks up a picture of her and her mother when she was young, you know, or just before she died. Has she created her own Mr. Robot? Does she have a, a Miss Moss? I don't know. Or she's just talking to Cordy. She's talking to herself. Doesn't matter. And I think this van is Price sending for his daughter yeah. because there he's worried about her and she's being tracked because he's surveilling everyone, right? Yeah. Specifically, keeping tabs on his daughter because you know she might. He knows that she may not be doing so well because she was part of this seventy-one hacks thing. And and probably that uh, white rose. Wants to 86 her. Could be. He wants to get her off the streets um, because she could be a target. Again, I think this is Price sending for her. I think that was Dad calling her. Couldn't get her on the phone. She's just left the house. It was 8.30 p.m. at night. It's not 9 o'clock yet because the curfew is 9. So minutes after she's left the house and she's on the street, they snatch her up. Yeah, it's like down the block. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right. So now we're at Dom's apartment. And Darlene gets up in the middle of the night. Now, we should say when Darlene is seducing Dom early on, Dom is saying, I'm an insomniac. I have to, like, choke down, like, six or seven melatonin. Crazy insomnia. This is going to play totally into your theory, I think. You may be right. So Darlene sneaks out of bed, and she gets caught because she's got a pillow over the, uh, the safe, Dom's safe. And she's, you know, on her second try, she gets it open. And then there's Dom right there. Okay. Darlene doesn't even seem like she's drunk to me when Dom is telling her this. Surely, to God, she knows that Dom is going to be right there wide awake. Unless she thinks that her, her seduction powers, you know, make the girl sleep. You know. She sexed her into, like, a rim. I don't know. But I'm just saying, it just seems like... At this point, I'll go with your theory that maybe Dom knew and Darlene knew and they were just... But why not just, just say it out loud? These are two blunt chicks. Why not meet at the bar and say, 
yada, yada, blah, blah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, characteristically, that would seem like it. They wouldn't do this dance. We don't have time for this dance. But, um, yeah, well, this is the thing is like, I don't, I, I, when we go back to that, the scene in the arcade and, you know, Elliot tells Darlene that, that the, um, F society, I mean, uh, um, the dark army has owned the FBI. I think at that point they still don't know who it is. Maybe not. And that's why there's this trepidation because Darlene doesn't know if it's actually Dom. Because Dom has been on every single step. She knows everything that's going on. Yeah. So, and I think when they when they finally do that, okay, now we're both caught. Mm. But, I mean, well, I don't hold know. Well, hold up. Hold up. Because I'm going to, all right. So, we're at Willick's house. Willick is, uh, he's guzzling down his kettle one. I got to admire somebody who just goes straight for the bottle. You know, I respect it. I do. I mean, you know, it's just, he's just going right there. Robot's pacing. And Robot is, you know, totally getting Tyrell, you know, fired up to fuck up E-Corp and White Rose. We're going to expose them all, take them down. We just need a launching pad, place to begin, dig in, find that vulnerability. Now, Tyrell tells Robot about the FBI. And he knows about Santiago. He knows it's Santiago. Okay, Darlene knows it's Santiago. Yeah, so she maybe knows some, it's not Dom. Yeah, so maybe they're then. Then that makes sense. That maybe maybe that. I think this they, happened the way it happened. Yeah, I think what we saw happen happened. However, there's a flippity flip, and and I'll get to that in a second. So, Price going back to Price and Ellie. Price knows that Elliot and Tyrell are going to fuck them all up. I don't know if he knows about Santiago. I don't know what, if Price gives a shit about the FBI or whatever. But I know that this all this stuff is sort of heading into this this big spearhead here, right? Now, we're in the interrogation room because Darlin has been brought in by Dom. It's later that night. Santiago's in the interrogation room with them. And Darlene starts to spew. Now, this is a person who, after seeing her boyfriend get blown away by dark army right in front of her and still had blood all over her she wouldn't say shit so when i was first watching this i was like why is darlene just spilling her guts she tells in front of santiago she says white rose is real um the fbi is in bed with the dark army i know this is happening by the way there's these romero's files are in your sentinel and you can sit and look over my shoulder and i'll crack into them for you and you can be the heroes of the day and Santiago was like, how the hell do you know that? And he freaks out. But I'm looking at Dom's face, because I watched this episode five times. I'm looking at Dom's face. This is where I know that they're in on it together. I think this is Dom and Darlene playing Santiago. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know why they had to do that, you know, Cobra dance. I mean, I think it's to throw us off, maybe. Maybe. I think it's it's a way to, you know, you got to tell your story. You can't just cut right to the chase, right? But yeah, but so by the time they got into that interrogation room, they had their plan. They, they knew what they were going to do to entrap right. Santiago. Because even... Expose them. Exactly. So, I mean, uh, well, I don't know about the hack. If you get the PKI code, can you then remotely hack into Sentinel? If you can do that, then I would believe that it... it 
the stuff between Dom and Darlene up until a point just played the way they played. If you need to physically be in the room with the PKI code, then you need to be taken into custody. So then I could back all the way up and agree with you that Darlene not only needed to get the PKI code, she needed to get caught. But then why would you well, just she, get caught? She could have just sit at the bar. Right. You need to take me into so custody. So you could remotely hack into Sentinel if you have yeah. the right badge. Okay. So, so there you see. So, but I yeah. do think as soon as she caught her in her Dom's place, she went, okay, dude. I need to tell you something. You're getting played. We can get this done. Take me into custody. Let's play this up. Yeah. I totally believe in that that's now where we're on the same page with these two. Because now in Santiago's office, he's like, she's like saying, why don't you take her up on her offer? And he's saying, you know, why are you doing this and, and look at your behavior and you need to go write yourself up. And she's like, I didn't do anything wrong. She wasn't our CHS when I had relations with her last night. You know, I didn't, I didn't break any laws. I didn't break any yeah. laws. And he's like, no, you need to go in there and I'm taking you off this case. I'm giving it to agent Kaz, but I'm looking at Dom's face again. Dom, who got in his fucking grill in the last episode where they were all like, like almost smacking foreheads together. And she's just calmly looking at him and studying him. And she says to him, you know, something's just not adding up here. And I don't think it's because Dom is slowly getting it. I think she's been suspicious all along. And now Darlene's just told her straight up told her your boss is the mole, the dark army fucking mole. She's dropping hints that she knows. Yes. And it's you. Yes. Yeah. So Santiago goes call, calls uh, Irving freaking out. Darlene knows everything. She knows about all this shit. She can undo this hack. They've got all the keystrokes to do it. And Irving is over there, you know, probably putting his sexist dialogue with the car customer from earlier. All the innuendos, bang a left here and push on the brake and open up and all this kind of stuff. I'm assuming he's, he's typing that into Beach Child, a novel. I love Bobby Cannavelli in this role. Um... And I think I'm like, why are we seeing why are we seeing him talking to Irving? It was just an odd cut. I mean, I loved I love any scene with Irving in it, but he sort of paused there, weird, like maybe he's looking at someone because he was turning his head in a way that made him look like he was listening. But I think he was looking off camera. But would he be typing on Beach Tala novel in see, front of someone? See, that, that's the thing. Was I, he alone? I don't know. It was weird. I think he was just t- working on his novel, and then he gets, just needed to listen and gets the call. You know, because it's news to him. Because you know uh, Santiago's the 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 inside guy, so he's used to getting calls from him. Sure. I don't know. It was a weird. It was a weird edit for me. So now we're at White Rose's home, and she's flipping tables and shit, and throwing a hissy fit. While some random white girl is just playing glasses filled with water. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's so weird. It's like, this is what you do when you're just a billionaire. You just hire some white girl just to hang out at your house at night and just play glasses. I guess that's that's billionaire money. And she, What she's pissed off about is that because of her own allowing the 71 buildings to be hacked and because now things are in fucking chaos and there's no paper records and everything's gone to hell that's kind of fucked up everybody's economy so the congo is now locked down the borders are locked they're they're under martial law and lower assistant is saying to her this is all your fault 
and even indulge Mr. Alderson's whims. We had the UN vote. We didn't need to do any of this shit. She was too aggressive. You're too aggressive. And she's like, force is the only currency that these men understand, you know. And he calms her down a little bit and says he'll go back to their partners with a more persuasive argument. You know, and she's poured herself a little Hendrix, and she's like, again, dr- drinking it straight. I appreciate straight you guys. Appreciate Hendrix, you. That's, that's right. How, that's how I do it. That Hendrix is delicious. And she's like, well, that's all that you need. That's expensive. <laughs> it's expensive. <laughs> well, you got this bitch over here just playing glasses in your house, you know. What is she, like 128 an hour? I don't know what you, what, what are you charging for that? I want this gig. Anyway, she's like, that's all you needed to tell me, you know. So now we're at Elliot's apartment. And we're going back to that place where we see Robot looking at the Sentinel docks. And he's at the tail end of that research, right? And Elliot is trying to come through. So he drags himself through, you know, to the bathroom, to the mirror to write on the, to write the the FBI owns, uh, the FBI, uh, the Dark Army owns the FBI, in so many words. And we hear Elliot's Elliot's narration, um, and he finds out, you know, he's asking himself, what did Robot do last night? And he's like, it doesn't matter. You know, Darlene's going to be checking in soon. He's got to start the stage three process. So we see him at his terminal starting to do that. Now we're back with White Rose. Lover assistant is telling her all about Ellie wants to do stage three. And that Darlene is being held by the FBI. And then she's claiming she can decrypt E-Corp's data. And he, he, he says something that's very true about these two. He says, I can't help but notice that their actions are incongruous. He's lying to us. Lover assistant thinks he's going to come after the Dark Army now. And White Rose is like, well, you know, seems like I've been wrong about some things. And you seem to be on to something. Possibly I'm wrong about Mr. Alderson as well. And uh, by the way, I love how Price and White Rose call him Mr. Alderson. It's very strange. They never call him Elliot. Um, except for the time that she called him a funny little goose. And she says, what do you think we should do? And it's like he sits on the couch and gets all, you know, close to her because he's lover assistant. And it's time that he died for us too. And she says, do what you think is right. Now, I don't know the dynamics of lover assistant and white rose. Um, They do seem tight. But it just seems weird that she's handing over this power. To love her assistant? Yeah, I, I'm almost kind of thinking, you know... Is that, she playing him? That, that Either that, or he's trying to to take over, or he's overplaying his hand. I just, I think it's... It's weird. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. Maybe it just plays as it plays, and that's yeah. how it is. I know that, you know, she's kind of alone in the world, White Rose. And Grant's probably the only dude... Besides the weird random chick in your living room who's hearing all of this. By the way, not only are you in the living room playing the glasses randomly in the middle of the night, you just heard all the stuff. You just, yeah. Like you heard all the stuff. And it's not like she's deaf. Maybe she's got the, the thing is she's got She have. wouldn't be able to hear what she's doing. Well, if she knows what she's playing, it's by memory. So you think she's a deaf girl who knows how to play yeah, glasses? Deaf. Well, Beethoven was deaf. Good point. Touche. All right. So we're at Elliot's apartment. Um, we find out... That Oh, by the way, I've noticed around a couple of White Rose episodes, it's it's not always true, but we don't have this ticking clock kind of thing. Her watch is not beeping. 
Maybe she doesn't set her watch when she's around lover assistant. I don't know. Maybe she's off the clock literally. I don't know. Anyway, just seemed a strange omission that we're not, she's not her getting the beep beep. So Elliot's apartment, there, there is no stage three, as we find out. He's used his meeting and his computer to get into the Dark Army's back door. <laughs> um, Annie now owns the Dark Army. Uh, and we see all the computers they've hacked. By the way, that list of computers that are on there, uh, the, the places, are all those are real, of course. But here's the thing. Sam Ismail is no simple bitch. And this hack, the stage three e-coin fake hack that Elliot's pulling off to get into the Dark Army. It just seems way too straightforward at this point, after everything is on such a complicated show. I mean, certainly we need to set up things for a payoff, but this seems like a season two thing that's happening in season three. I don't know. Um, But then I kind of came away with, Elliot didn't just get into the Dark Army. You know what I think he did? And again, not a hacker. Just felt that, possibly what he did was that he opened up the dark army to everyone so that every hacker everywhere, every law enforcement agency anywhere. Now I'm going back access. to that Ron's coffee house, Rohit thing. Cause we're coming full circle. And one of the full circle things that we're coming back to is how he hacked Rohit. Uh, Rohit, sorry, Rohit. And I think what he does is he just, he opens up the dark army's coffers to everyone. That's interesting. So now it's not like he's given up this notion of being the architect. He's given up this notion of his ego. He's given up this whole, I push the button, I want the credit. Elliot, who doesn't think this way, that's robot shit, is like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to own anything. You know? I'm going to hand this to everybody. So he just exposed everybody. Yeah. Everybody's shit. And that would be... White Rose, specifically. Mm-hmm. That's everybody. That would be all, yeah, their whole network. That's everybody. That's Price. That's the FBI. That's any shitbag that's on anybody's payroll. That's that's Deep Web. That's that's all the shit that would be hackable, exploited in a way. Because in a way, what it's doing, it's it's, it's doing exactly what what um, what Elliot was told is that. You can have all these revol- small revolutions. It's not going to do anything unless right. you expose the people who are actually really calling the shots. And the one percent of the one percent. Yeah. yeah, and he's been he's you know he's been shown the rooftop of like seventy one yeah, buildings went down four thousand. Yeah, they're bitches up here playing a violin. They're having like croquets. There's a dead senator's mistress in the building. Nothing stops these shenanigans, these shindigs. So he's gotten all this information and Price has told him to his face, you're a lone wolf. Well, so playing off the word lone, it's like, well, maybe I don't need to be alone. Where are my followers? Here they are. Here you go. I just opened the door. Every freaking hacker in the world is now going to know some juicy stuff. I think that's exactly what he did. We'll have to see. That's what I, I was like. Did I figure it out? I'm proud of myself. I've come a long way since season one going, what's going on? Derp, 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 derp. Uh, miscellaneous things. Um, again, I've said earlier, the Alderson kids are socially hacking everybody. Vans everywhere. You, if you go back to like season one in the pilot, there's just vans everywhere. Um, I don't know what Ismail's doing with this, but now I'm just, I just have to look for the vans. It's like a drinking game. Do you know who doesn't love vans? Leon. <laughs> He does not love vans. That's true. 
Uh, there's that van in the opening with Price and Wallach and Colby getting into the limo. The black van at the stoop with Elliot and Angela. A van picks up Angela. There was a van in the last episode. Shayla's man with a van. I mean, there's just vans everywhere, y'all. Um, so, okay. Another thing. Tyrell's son is in Denmark. When he's having that face-to-face and uh, fighty-fighty-fight-fight with uh, his boo robot, he says, my son's in Denmark. Is that where the Peaceful Acres? No, the Peaceful Acres was supposed to be in, like, New Jersey or something like that. So, so I don't know how his kid ended up in Denmark. It's really, okay, I'm so confused by that. I don't get it. Because if he, if he was in Denmark, I mean, that would be the that would be the best thing in the world because Joanna's family is in Denmark. No, she's Danish, she's Swedish. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Was that a mistake? Anyway. I love being back in the arcade, even though it was sad. We saw the popcorn machine, the Mallard murder game, remnants of the after party of the 5-9 hack, and, you know, as, as well as remnants of the FBI investigation. I think we're going to return to the F Society arcade before it's over. It is our favorite spot. So then let's talk about other things. The barter for booze basket at the bar. You can hand over, I don't know, an old electronic for your tab for the night. I don't know what people were bartering, but it seems like that's what's going on. Carly quit smoking. Um, I noticed that little detail. She pulls out a metal toothpick, toothpick instead of a cigarette because we've been seeing Carly smoking alongside um, Rami throughout the show. And then what's this new art over Elliot's couch? Uh, I never noticed that before. Has it always been there? It might have. I think it might have been across the room at some point on a shelf, but now it's hanging on the wall. Is that, did he find it in Shayla's apartment? Is it a Space Invader piece? I don't know. I was very distracted by the tile art over the couch. Um, and again, let's get to the Angela's eating nothing but eggs and toast, it looks like. Or scrambled eggs and just bread. But the bread is moldy. There's scrambled eggs just in pots, on plates, in the sink. Um, it's all piling up. I had this weird feeling that that's the last meal she ate before her mother died or the last meal her mother had or when she found out her mother died, she was, I don't know. I feel like there's some significance to the can, the camera panning over toast and eggs, right? I don't know. Well, on to anything with this stuff. Uh... Let's see. Irving and his vitamins. Looks like Irving's trying to take care of himself. He's got a bunch of one-a-days and stuff. Um, does you think he's li- Do you think he lives in this place? Do you feel like that's his home? Do you think he lives in a shitty garage in the kind shop? of apartment? Maybe. Maybe there's a shop in the back. I don't uh, the- get it. You are, you are a bag man for one of the most powerful people on the planet, if not the most powerful person on the planet at present. I don't get why he's living this way. Well, living in sort of a, like an industrial business area, he can come and go at any time of the night and that is true. drag a body in if he needs to. That's true. You know, That's true. You don't have to worry about the the front door guy seeing you carrying a, oh, good point. somebody wrapped in a, 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 a rug or anything. Very, very so I don't clever. Know. No, you're right. Um, I noticed something. I think Flipper seems to know when Elliot switches. He was barking. Um, he started barking. I was noticing how Robot started switching back to Elliot, and all he does is just stand up. He doesn't knock the chair over before um, 
Flipper starts barking when he's still seated, and he does the kind of a kind of Slater kind of sways in his chair, and Flipper starts barking almost immediately. I think Flipper by now I has, did not even notice that. I think she started to notice that this motherfucker crazy. One of them don't take me out for a shit. The other one, he's cool. At least he takes care of me. But when he's the crazy one, he leaves me here all night long. He so. just disappears at night. Uh, <laughs> so, um. Something we should know about when he he's logging into the Dark Army uh, to pull off that hack. He logs in as Gary Host. Uh, I got this from Motherboard. This is not uh, something I would have known. Matt Mitchell over at Motherboard talks about that uh, is the handle that Aaron Schwartz used, uh, the famous hacker and belated uh, Aaron Schwartz. He used that to liberate education materials from MIT, and that is the handle that he used. A little shout-out to Aaron Schwartz there. The music in the episode. They used uh, Joey Badass's curry chicken in the bar. So Joey's getting some love from the show. Of course, Angel from Montgomery, John Prine. For our, our gun-slinging law lady. Red-haired, Bonnie Raitt-type looking lady. Um, and then Matt Quell did compose a song that the crazy glass player oh, really? played. And I'm not saying she's crazy. I'm just saying it's just a really, it's just such a weird thing. She's paid to be quiet. I guess. I mean, you don't want to fuck with that gig. I, you know, I play my, I play them glass, them gla- them wine glasses to take my money. I didn't hear nothing. Um, also noticed the interrogation scene music. I really liked that. That seemed kind of out of character for the show, and I liked that it was just all, it was all like action packed. Um, one thing going back to the puppet thing that I didn't even fucking know. Found this uh, on the Reddit's. And the Easter egg needle drop music from episode 303, Legacy, and this is where Tyrell's cloistered up in the cabin. They're uh, in the scene where Irving convinces Tyrell he'll see his wife and son again. They play I'm Your Puppet by James and Bobby Purify. So we're already telegraphing, you're a puppet, bitch. Um, we talked about the keys. I know what the keys are now. Um... I don't. I think. What, I think. I, I was going to talk about my theory about how we got them, but it's pretty straightforward in this episode what they are. Let's go to something that you were totally right about. Um, I think you're totally right about this, and someone agrees with you on Reddit. You want to. You want to share what you think happened. That um, uh, Shama, when they're in the the back seat before they are taken to. Uh, Lover assistant back home to lover assistant when she tells uh, uh, Mobley, you know, I have this auto email going out. My to someone ho- I trust. To yeah. someone I trust. I, I totally thought it was um, her brother. Sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to see that that is very much what that whole last episode was about. It wasn't just yeah. some random kid showing up to talk uh, Elliot out of suicide or, or whatever the show might have been doing. I do think that. When he showed up, Muhammad had been sent um, a message from his sister, the email from his sister. She explained who Elliot was about his condition. There's something somebody might show up, and you know, they might have this sort of issue, and you need to go figure out if they're if they're good or bad. What, what kind yeah, of yeah, what, what their kind status of is? Because she, she's yeah. probably, I think she's known for a long time. Uh, the difference between robot and Elliot. You can see if you go back to earlier scenes with her in the F Society arcade that she has definitely sussed out him. She's a 
badass hacker, can read people, good at social engineering as well. So I think she's told Muhammad, who's no dummy, um, all about what's going to go down. So he takes her email and he sends an email to Elliot and that, that email is Trenton, right? From Trenton. But I think that was Muhammad's nickname. Yeah. Right. This is what the Reddit person has said that Muhammad's nickname was Trenton because he was born there and that Shama used Trenton as her hacker handle. as kind of an homage and shout out to her brother. Right. And when he literally gets the email from Trenton, he gets it from Muhammad, whose real nickname is Trenton. Yeah. And he's determined that Elliot is trustworthy because, trustworthy because he spent the day with him. Mm-hmm. He might have even told his parents, hey, this is the guy Shama was talking about. I'm going to go check it out. I don't know. Whatever that, there. That's, that's yeah. Because they mean, wouldn't have left. The, after their child is like set up as an assassin, there's no way that Arash would... And his, his wife would let their would have, son go would have off. Just left them, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. I think the family knew, and they, and they might have even been nearby the entire time. Who knows? But I know that the kid went off to see, you know, what kind of state of mind he was, and then he handed this piece of information off to him. So yeah. hats off to you guys for nailing that. And the red, the the green sucker was green light, you know, a green light to go proceed. I think in my yeah. mind. Um. Yeah, the Bohe- the Bohemian uh, Rhapsody drama. I want to talk about that for real quick. It's not nothing to do with Mr. Robot, but wow, I'm just kind of uh, amazed at what's been going on. Um, Brian Singer was fired from the film. Turns out he was uh, late, a no-show, threw something at Rami. Yeah, what did he do? He threw his headphones? I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was. They just said an object. I'm... There's a lot of unofficial reports out there. But he also there's there's low level word on the street that he went he did more than that. I'm not gonna speak to what that is. I don't wanna libel myself. I don't know what happened. I was not there. But the good news is is that the, the it did not shut down an already beleaguered project, you know, ten years in development, finally gets going. Rami has been working his ass off for what, a year or so. Um maybe it's less than a year, but the whole band has transformed themselves into Queen, and everybody's working their ass off in this guy, you know. Well, we, I think also one of the claims was that Singer was unprofessional, and he was uh, disrespectful to the DP, Newton Thomas Sigel. So, uh, good for Rom Rom, standing up for the folks. And my favorite update on this, besides the fact that they didn't waste but four days before replacing Singer, is they're bringing in uh, Dexter Fletcher. I have loved Dexter Fletcher from the freaking way back, dude. Like the 80s when he was like showing up and stuff or whenever it was. Um, I have loved him. When he was younger, he looked exactly like Mick Jagger. Just like this art house Mick Jagger. He was in Band of Brothers. He directed yeah, I uh, remember him Eddie from the Band Eagle. Of yeah, he's just, he's amazing. I love him. Um, he's a kick ass. He's in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. And I think he's going to do a hell of a fucking job. Uh, wrapping this out. Even though Singer says it's going to end up being his film, I think um, this is going to be Rami Malek's film, and I think it's going to be Joe Mazzallo's film and Will- Willem Lee and Ben Hardy. So back the fuck up, bitch. Back the fuck up. So yay, and it's still going to hit its 2018 release date, and we'll be doing a podcast about it. So yay. Um, need to plug next week's episode, our finale. I'm just going to miss this show so much. It's going to be hard because we don't know when it's going to come back. Yeah. Because Sam Esmail, he does what he wants. Uh, next week's episode is shut down. 
Elliot tries to save Darlene, but things don't go as planned. Rowan must decide whether to step up or step back. And White Rose is crying in the bathtub. Somebody done sunk her battleship. If the back door of the Dark Army is open to all, would that not do... Her worst fear is what? Shutting down the flux capacitor project. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That would make her cry. That would make her sad. That would cut off her dream. What will she do if that is exposed and stopped? God only help us. Uh, find us on social media. We are at um, Ashland Podcast on what Facebook and Twitter. You can find us on Stitcher and iTunes. Please do listen. And we've been getting lots of listens and lots of love. So thank you guys again for continuing to listen to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. Kind of blowing us away. Uh, and just want to leave you with may your week be filled with teddy bears and hand jobs. Just a pinch of sweet and low.